Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Underground USA. Here's this morning's segment on Talk Back with Chuck Wilder as broadcast on CRN Digital Talk Radio. Everybody's talking at me. CRN Digital Talk Radio, live across America and around the world, CRN Talk. Dot com. Right now, let's go to the one and only Mr. Frank Savato, host of the Underground USA podcast. Heard everywhere that podcasts are heard. He is the author of six monographs examining political and ideological threats facing our country. And he can be heard twice weekly on the Captain's America Third Watch syndicated nationally on the Salem and Genesis communication affiliate stations. His website, you ready? UndergroundUSA.com. Com. Hello, Frank. How are you, sir? How are you? Mr. Wilder, I hope you had a good Memorial Day. I did have a good Memorial Day, yes. I wore my Memorial Day Navy shirt and my American flag, and boy, I'll tell you, it's amazing. You know what's interesting is uh, when you go to buy something, and if you're wearing a shirt like that, and then they say, oh, by the way, we have a military discount. I go, oh, well, I just happen to have one of those little... Uh, little badges and you know not a badge but what would you call it a card yes a little looks like a credit card but you can't buy gas with it okay but anyway kind of interesting and that's a good thing so i just thought i'd throw that out there do you have one of those frank go ahead tell me uh, i i do not i did my public service in the fire service see i can um, you know i i just learned that by the way on your latest report yeah what do you think of that see i do pay attention sometimes to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I spent uh, I spent uh, upwards of of over fifteen years as a professional yeah. firefighter paramedic outside of Chicago. Well, so, thank um, you for your when service. It comes it's to, a wonder it they didn't to... start a TV series called Chicago Fire in, in honor of you, or, or did they? I'm, I, yeah. I can tell you right now that was not in honor of me. <laughs> uh, yeah, go ahead. But uh, that's you know that's very interesting. We could may just talk about that sometime whenever I forget to read whatever you wrote. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Any, just, anytime I've got I've got battle stories. So. Yeah, you know, I, I I come in this morning and I and I had some stuff from uh, from over the weekend, and I said, oh yeah, I guess we'll discuss this. And here you come out with an in depth report. Excellent, Uvalde. Limited government is essential for the common good. Uh, and I give you uh, another five stars on this one because it's uh, if we were a wise society, uh, Frank's got a few points on that. He says, while the polit- uh, political opportunists scream in an attempt to score points for their shallowy, naive, and uneducated positions on gun control regarding the Uvalde school shooting, the tragedy and that's what it is, a tragedy, spotlights some points. If we were a wise society and a wise electorate, 
Uh, take it away, Mr. Sabato, with another excellent report. I was sitting there around talking with my girlfriend, who's from a small town in Texas. And the first thing that she said when we saw the, the news reporting on this was that that is a very small town that doesn't have a lot of resources. And what struck me is that if our government at every level, municipal, state, county, federal, if we literally had fidelity to what government was supposed to be, which is to provide safety and security, then we would have had enormous amounts of resources to spend on training and and making sure that the coordination between the different agencies and places like Uvalde um, were done. We spend 40% of, on average, 40% of our municipal and uh, county and state and federal, I'm going to take the federal off that, uh, budgets on law enforcement and law enforcement training and activities. Um, the other 60% goes to some things that can be considered common good, but when you get deeper into how we spend, mm. especially at the federal and state levels, we are spending a lot of money on things that have no relation to safety and security, which is the only mandate of government. So what we're seeing with the with the muddled communication lines that happened in Uvalde, uh, with the creation of a of a poli- of a school district police department, which is still kind of shadowy in my mind. Why should a school district have a police department? You you make sure that you fund yeah. the local police departments with with supplemental if you're the school district to create resource officers that are that, that have the jurisdiction of the town or the county or the or the municipality. It, it, I, that just kind of shocked me a little bit that a school district... Yeah, let me ask you, uh, they could also have, you know, I think that it was called, they did have, but it wasn't in, in, in uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, they, they wasn't going on at the time, but it was called a guardian, school guardian, when you were allowed to have a gun in your desk, you know, uh, and, and I th- heard something about they had that, and one of the teachers actually had that, but uh, it was a different classroom or something. You know, and I'm just saying, sometimes that school guardian, so to speak, from a teacher who's well-trained in, you know, in firearms, that seems to be maybe one of the best solutions that I could ever think of. In the short term, I tend to agree. I mean, you, you want to, if in fact these things are going to keep happening, and if we do not address uh, mental illness in our society, and if we don't start addressing our society as a whole, the the permissiveness of extreme, uh, you know, the the embrace of the extreme in our culture when it comes to uh, ideology, uh, which shouldn't be controlled by government. But this is what happens when we don't talk about politics yeah. with our neighbors. Well, when we don't talk about religion with our neighbors, we, we lose a discussion on morality. And with the advent of social media and, and people being able to believe they're interacting with human beings when actually they are more sequestered than ever before because they have the conduit of the cell phone, mm-hmm. we don't get to spot people like Salvador Ramos out in the open. So we have a societal issue that we need to address that's based in morality and based in caring for each other 
in the private sector where mental where mental health is concerned. We've completely dropped the ball on that. And one of the things I say in this piece and then make the point of is you've got people on the left who are screaming that the government needs to create programs to make sure that everybody is taken care of in every single way that they possibly could ever need, yeah. yet they don't address mental health. You know, and they, and they make it believe, like you mentioned in this article, that it's harder for law-abiding citizens to own firearms with control the level of violent crimes. You know, and they always want to, like you just mentioned, they want to come out with another law, right? Uh, I've got a list here. It says nothing, not the National Firearms Act, 1934, the Gun Control Act, 1968, nor the 1994 Brady Act and Federal Assault Weapons Ban seems to have made a dent. Neither school shooting or mass shootings in general declined when the ban took place. Well, and and there's good reason for that. One is when somebody is mentally ill and they don't present with that in public or the public Mm -hmm. doesn't have the opportunity to, to see it, to experience that mental illness, they can pass every background check in the world. And and the other aspect of this is criminals don't obey the law. Yeah. So you can, you, you can pass as many laws as you want to. Gangbangers in Chicago are still going to be heavily armed. And, you know, you, you take know, their guns away, and they're and like overseas right now, and in Europe I think it is, they're using knives because they were uh, hammering down on guns, you know, trying to do so much gun control. So now everybody's being killed by knives you get rid of Human knives being. you'll go back to the stone age when they you know took away the rocks they started using clubs <laughs> human beings have been innovative in how to mm-hmm. kill one another since the beginning of time yep so if you just remove a tool you're not addressing the malady in society and that's that's the that's the overarching general point of this entire piece People want to blame things. They want to say there ought to be a law. We have to get rid of guns. We we have to make it harder to get guns. You remove the tool, and that underlying desire to inflict violent bodily harm isn't placated. In fact, it could very well frustrate the person that wants to commit those crimes and make them more enraged. So you're not you're not addressing the root cause of these of these mass shootings of violent crimes in the city, not even coming close to addressing the root cause. All you're doing is frustrating the effort, which makes them seek out alternative efforts to commit the same carnage. It's like you said, if guns aren't there, you're going to go to knives. If knives aren't there, you're going to go to rocks and sticks, you know, explosives, cars, you name it. Anything can be used as a weapon. They sure ignored the guy with the, yeah, you mentioned cars. They sure ignored that guy. Maybe you and I talked about it last week, the guy that, you know, ran down all those people. Yeah. yeah. All, of, all I, of a sudden, that wasn't a hate crime. Yeah, and that's because all the hate crimes that have emotions attached to them are all subject to the vetter. Yeah. You or know, the one, political one party, maybe. Uh, maybe the political yeah. party, too. Yeah. To me, if someone murders somebody, that's pretty hateful in and of yeah. itself. You know, so we're oh, you're, we're going to say it's a hate crime because there was a skin color difference. That's just treating one demographic differently than another. Yes. That's a, that's an exercise in divide. Murder is murder. 
people should be tried for it. If they're found guilty, they should be punished. Mm-hmm. I always remember that it's the, the gun didn't kill anybody. It was the person at the end of the gun, you know. Yeah. It, yeah. If you put a gun on a table, it's not going to go around killing people in the room. You need someone to pull the trigger. And, and that's who's responsible for this. They're going to say that this, the, he, the weapons that he used, he shouldn't have had those. Well, maybe not, but that's, it's not the weapon that did it. It's Salvador Ramos who did it. And it's society that failed to see that he was on that explosive edge at the point when he wanted to walk into a school and shoot everybody. That's not, that's not the gun manufacturer's fault. It's not the inanimate object's fault. It's Salvador Ramos's fault, and it's our fault for not seeing that he was a very troubled individual. And we're not addressing that root cause at all. We're just not. We're, nobody, nobody gets onto the political platform and, and running for office and talks about mental health. Nobody does. It, it's not sexy. Yeah. It, well, it, not it, sexy. More, you know, you, you, you mentioned how the mainstream media complex is one based mostly on sensationalism, right? Mm-hmm. Which ties in yeah. there. You could, the only thing missing is an X. You could get sex out of that word. You know, in, in back in the days when, and you and I are old enough to to remember these days when yes. when journalism was actually something that was kind of a thing. You know, you, yeah. you reported on who, what, when, where, and why, and you you got triple sources and you checked your facts. Even right. then, when it bleeds, it leads was the way it went in the newsrooms. Yeah, they sure want to forget but, the why. That's for darn sure hey we're coming up on the break here frank and i I want to remind the listeners that we're uh, discussing his latest uvalde limited government is essential for the common good frank savato and the website undergroundusa.com undergroundusa.com we'll be right back American Express, investigated by the U.S. government, caught processing a Soviet-era politician's dirty money, paid hundreds of millions in fines for deceiving customers. Rather than clean up their act, American Express has gone woke. Employees say people are promoted and told to offer lower premiums based on race. Amex administered critical race theory training that told employees capitalism is racist. American Express, serve your customers, not woke politicians. Visit unamericanexpress.com. This message was paid for by Consumers Research, a 501c3 educational advocacy group. To learn more, log on to consumersresearch.org. Everybody's talking at me. CRN, Chuck Wilder with Frank Sabato, host of the Underground USA podcast, the website undergroundusa.com, discussing his latest Uvalde, Limited Government is Essential for the Common Good. You know, we get here to uh, whenever you talk about, you know, news reporters, right? And uh, Wolf Blitzer was a good example. It's it's like uh, sometimes they want to be, I guess, the star of the crowd, uh, the news reporter. You know, it's like, look how important I am and look at this, and I'm going to really put them on the spot here, right? And did this happen in uh, this current uh, active shooter incident? Well, I'm not going to lay blame at Wolf Blitzer's feet. As a matter of fact, I was kind of saying directly the opposite that he actually, for once, asked an honest question that was good. But that said, the whole of the pressure 
from the mainstream media that was put on law enforcement and the officials in Uvalde in the immediate aftermath and in the aftermath of that was inappropriate. And, and in all of these instances, it's inappropriate. When, when it's still an active scene mm-hmm. and, and police officers are having to execute their standard operating procedures, which may not be understood by the public, by the way, the media adds this undue pressure to get, tell me now, tell me now. We have a right to be in there with you. Well, no, you don't. And as you, you say, before right the be facts, yeah, before the facts are determined, yeah, as you report. Yeah, I, you know, we'll let you know what happened when the scene is safe and when things are done. If we need you for whatever reason to get a message out, we'll let you know. But when active scenes are happening, and this goes beyond Uvalde. This is, uh, you, you could go to a simple traffic accident scene. Everybody gets angry with the, with the backup of cars because of what we call rubberneckers. They have to see what happened. They have to be, they're so self-important that they, their curiosity takes precedent over the flow of traffic because they need to look at stuff. If it's a bad scene, 99 times out of 100, they wish they wouldn't have been looking because the things they see are horrific. Right, but this is this is intrinsic in human nature, but it is amplified in the, in the mainstream media complex that is demanding to know things right now. And I don't care what you're doing; you tell me. Well, we're dealing with somebody who's shooting at people. Can we finish our work first before we brief you on what happened? You're not that important. So when you get people who are, and in this case, it was a a lieutenant from the Texas Department of Public Safety, which is the organization that that, uh, deputizes their state troopers. It was a lieutenant, probably somebody who's in the media office, probably somebody who also has a beat, um, who tried his best to explain that we always operate with scene safety in mind. Yes, we're, we go in and we try to neutralize the shooter as quickly as humanly possible, but you don't go running in. You, you gather intelligence mm-hmm. first. This is what the training is all about. Where is he? How many people does he have? How many people are in the building that we don't know about? Did we do a sweep? How many people are in that room? Are the aggressors in that room? Can we see in that room to figure out where he is? Are the children behind him, in front of him? Are, are there still children alive? Are there How many are dead? Is there a teacher in the room? Does he have someone he's holding tight for hostage? You need, you want to know all of these pieces of information. So when it's like, well, you know, I think mean, we'll blitz our ass. Isn't the current best practice that uh, doesn't matter how many officers you have in the scene, you run in there and you try to take your best shot at the shooter? Yes and no. And that's what this lieutenant was trying to explain in which the media ran with, oh, my God, they waited. They waited to go in there and shoot this guy. Why did they wait? Because yeah. that's the standard operating procedure. It saves lives in the long run. But mm-hmm. when you don't explain that to the lowest common denominator, because today's media tends to be lowest common denominator when it comes to an intelligent quotient, they didn't hear that, okay, there's a procedure that's in place that's been proven to, to work in these situations, and they're trying to follow it. Um, then you get all these questions from not only elected officials who, and, uh, you know, this is another pathetic avenue to this. Uh, yeah, elected and, officials you know, yeah. 
need to stand in front of the camera in front of these things and and pontificate. They should just shut up. Yeah, and now, as we go into this break, Frank, they're throwing the lamb into the fire, and that would be the Ubaldi Mayor Don McLaughlin, because uh, just, uh, I guess it was this morning I saw the headlines, U.S. Department of Justice launching an investigation into the law enforcement response to Ubaldi, Texas, this week. And it's uh, at the request of Ubaldi Mayor Don McLaughlin. But then they start getting into his whole uh, history, <laughs> I'll tell you. All right. We're going to be right back with the one and only Mr. Frank Savato, S-A-L-V-A-T-O, UndergroundUSA.com. Handcrafted exotic blend teas at the lowest shipping cost anywhere. Hi, I'm CJ, owner of the Emerald Coast Tea Company. We ship our premium gourmet blends with Sindel, offering you the lowest shipping prices anywhere, while also being carbon neutral. Excellent tea at the right price. Check us out at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mama's tea. Everybody's talking at me. Chuck Wilder, CRN with Frank Savato, host of the Underground USA podcast, and uh, discussing Uvalde limited government is essential for the common good. And uh, Frank mentioned as he came on, you know, that uh, he was a former first responder, fighter, paramedic, and uh, talking about uh, all the training that goes into it. But then where does the money go? What's the What's the... The number one thing, and you say Uvalde is like most uh, municipalities of varying size from large to small, spends about 40% of its annual budget on emergency services, including law enforcement, 60% on budget items. wonder what those budget items, uh, would that be like uh, new chairs and cars and parties no, for anniversaries? And- even then, those budget items have a direct line to public safety. You need to have chairs for dispatchers. You need to have desks for dispatchers and law enforcement officers and firefighter officers and everything else. Anything you could trace back directly to the, the providing of public safety is something that is legitimately part of any municipality's budget. If you, if you can't, if you, if you can't trace a line back to public safety directly, then you need to question those budget items. And this is where, and we talk about this from a variety of different angles when we talk, Chuck, uh, the expansion of government. Yeah. And th- this is something that all elected officials are want to do, the expansion of government. It's a very rare politician who runs for office saying he, he wants to relinquish power. They always want to amass power. So the the encroachment of government into the responsibilities of the private sector is something that we've become so used to that we don't even think twice about it today when Congress says, oh, there was, there was a, a, a tree fell over. We're going to have to do studies on trees falling over, and oh, then we're yeah. going to have to start a government program about making sure trees don't fall over. Well, it's not your purview. It's not the purview yeah. of government. You just carved out more more things to be in, in, in control over, and that's not what the United States was supposed to be. All so right, from, a, from, a, from yeah. a municipal point of view, you, you it really does need to have that direct line back because budgets aren't as big. Yeah, so you know, I, 
talking about budgets, okay, just real quick here, uh, and you're so lucky that Frank is on, and especially if you live in California uh, or Connecticut or where's this other, yeah, Pleasure Beach, Connecticut, right? Okay, that's where yeah, it's been. Yeah, Pleasure Beach. Yeah, it sounds nice. You know, it's like you were talking about small towns, uh, your girlfriend, uh, No Trees, Texas. I don't think there's a Texas town smaller than that one, but we'll, i got to check that out. Okay, bring that one up to her. Now then, <laughs> active shooter training exercises could be funded. This is uh, Frank's report. And how many of those training sessions could facilitate the coordination of first responder resources if our elected leaders weren't addicted to spending taxpayer dollars on items? And give them one they're doing in California where the money's going. This will get you yeah, going. <laughs> This was out of uh, Jeff Coburn's pig book, and I find this one to be just just stunning. Yeah. Um, they they appropriated money for tattoo removal in California. Oh. So if you're one of those people that needed to have the sleeve or needed to have a, a vine growing from your toe to your head all over uh-huh. your body, if you realize that maybe – that's not flying in the business world that you're in and you need to get it removed, you can actually get taxpayers to help pay for that removal. I don't see where that's a direct line to public safety. No, absolutely. Or the the securing of private property. But our government has said that taxpayers will pay for something like that. And then in Texas, they had water taxi services. What? I think oh, that, that was in that was in Connecticut. That was uh, um, they subsidized uh, water taxi service in, oh, in Connecticut. Okay. Oh, which... virtual space exhibits. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I went ahead. I just had my highlighted pen, and I didn't. Yes, it's my mistake. I'm sorry, mistake. Yeah, virtual the, the virtual space, and, and this isn't about NASA. Yeah, this isn't about space and and experiencing space in the, in virtual reality. This is about <laughs> Just space. Like pretend to space. In. Yeah, just pretend space. And we're going to have an exhibit about that, but we're going to spend taxpayer dollars to make that a reality. Oh my goodness. How does okay. that serve public safety? It doesn't. Uh, getting uh, Talking about the water taxi that you brought up in Pleasure Beach, Connecticut, that should be a private sector thing. If it's, if it's something that the people want, then there is a profit to be made. But if people yeah. don't want it enough so that the profit can be made, maybe it shouldn't exist. But you inject taxpayer dollars, now it can exist whether it, it makes money or not. And a great example of that on a grand scale is Amtrak. Oh, wow. Yeah, really. Yeah. You know, there's there's so much wrong with it with how that that operation is funded by the taxpayers. I I don't know where to begin. I know, and I think uh, I think it might be that, uh, and I might be wrong, but uh, I believe doesn't uh, Nancy's husband have something to do with uh, Amtrak also? Oh, I'm I'm sure Pelosi. he's deeply invested in that. As after he, he shakes he, off the hang, after he shakes off the hangover, let's ask him. Yeah, as soon as he gets out of jail, yeah, because uh, <laughs> look it up, listeners. We give you the first news as it happens right here. Yes, sir. That it's kind of old news. But, you know, water taxi services, see, it, it would sort of be like, well, they have buses, don't they? Yeah, but, see, this is Pleasure Beach, personal, Connecticut. But then $15 billion 
Ooh, my goodness, what would that go for? And then we got one that's going to be $22 billion, uh, but $15 billion to save. Are you ready? Is it the whales? No. What is it, Frank? You could almost you could almost forgive them if it was for the whales. At least it was a living creature. <laughs> this is this is to save the entertainment industry during COVID. Oh my goodness! I when when they can spend millions on a movie that bombs and is and is incredibly bad, and now you're going to throw taxpayer dollars at them to yeah. to so they can continue creating the crap that they that they're making. How about? 50- yeah, just you know, spend about, fifteen about, billion to save the uh, baby food, you know. Fifteen billion to to upgrade the plants for for baby formula. Yep, that probably would have been a better thing to do because it serves the public safety. The but entertainment they still don't doesn't mention, do anything for public safety. They still don't mention all that baby food that went to the southern border. Well, they, you know, you all of a remember. sudden that's just left the news cycle. It's you're just you're just a mean spirited man, Chuck. Those I poor am, little yeah. illegal alien babies. I think all little babies should have formula, and I think yeah. the race drivers should have a formula. Isn't it the Formula One? Yeah. yeah. Okay, never mind. I, if if they were saying that we had the you've got to you've got to remain in Mexico while you apply to come here if you're an illegal alien, I would have even supported saying, well, let's let's figure out how to get the the, the babies. In those people who are waiting to cross over, let's see how we can get them some sustenance yeah. over the border. If it was through a charitable organization, because I'm, that's I'm what tell charities you uh, do. My weird thinking, Frank's known me for a long time and nothing surprises him. But for some reason over the weekend, you know, and I'm, I'm plenty of time to watch a little bit of TV and the baby formula, baby formula, and the shooting and the shooting. And I'm thinking... I saw one today where this woman has twins, I think it is, and they need a special baby formula or they're going to die, right? And I'm thinking, baby formula, wow. Now, they're trying to, you know, make sure they can keep having abortions. I wonder if this ties in with, uh, meanwhile, here's another way to get rid of little ones, right? But here's one, uh, $22.7 for indoctrination centers. Oh wait a minute! I read that wrong. It's colleges and universities. Yes. Yeah, and and that one should make everybody upset. Yeah. Uh, when you when you understand the the many different revenue streams that go into colleges and universities, not only from alumni, but from from tuition that is at this point heavily subsidized by tax dollars through student loans that they're trying to forgive now. Mm-hmm. Um, through grants, you know, they need to be able to sustain on their own, unless they're a state university that has allocated funding, which they should exist within, by the way, we shouldn't be spending taxpayer dollars on colleges and universities. For what reason? For what reason? I, I would rather I would rather see the federal government, and I am against this, by the way. But it would be more palatable to me if we were subsidizing trade schools than than oh, today's yeah. regular colleges and universities, because that that has a direct bearing on on creating infrastructure and housing. And I can find a crooked line back to public safety and security from from subsidizing trade schools. 
but uh, one a one-eyed black American I'm identifying as a as a black raccoon African studies majors. <laughs> I don't yeah. see where that benefits society at all, and I don't think my tax dollars should ever go to subsidized ridiculous degree programs like that. Yeah, and maybe they should bring back you know like shop classes in high school and home ec. Yeah, home ecking. Yeah, and even let the boys and girls who, no matter what, you know, sex you're identifying as, you can actually, you know, have homemaking or shop classing or whatever. But you know what? Here is where it can really should upset you a little bit. Okay, uh, let me see here. Well, we had 15 billion to save the entertainment industry, right? Yeah, but here's one: uh, 10 million dollars for a gender program. And you're saying, my goodness, will they ever get off of that in the United States? No, don't worry about it. It's going to Pakistan. $10 million mm-hmm. of our money for gender programs in Pakistan. Can you even come close to describing why they would get $10 million in Pakistan? Not for, not for a gender studies program, no. Not, not for any kind of gender, because they're, they are a Sharia law nation. And that means, you know, and we've talked about this quite a bit in the past over the years. Um, under Sharia, a woman is worth half that of a man. That's it. Period. Dot. No more discussion about it. So why would you drop a dime over there to promote gender equity studies when the women attending those classes would be spotlighted to be reprimanded by their male counterparts? Yeah. It's My like goodness. putting a, a bullseye on their back. It's the and also, uh, allocation of money I've ever heard. I think, uh, as I understand, and I because I'm, I saw a lot of film, and I thought it was in Pakistan or that area, where if you were gay, they would take you up to the top of a five-story building and push you off. That's Iran, but that's Iran. A, that is another. That's another Islamic republic. Yeah. The, when the when the in an Islamic republic especially if they're devout. And Pakistan is a devout nation. They've got a lot of corruption there, just like every other Islamo-fascist republic over in the Middle East. But especially in the, in the hardcore places like Pakistan and Iran, they don't tolerate homosexuality. They see women as half that of a man. Um, children are possessions. Women are pos- possessions. And there are some steep penalties for being caught outside the dictates of Sharia. And like you said, for homosexuality in, in Iran, they just march you up off a building, push you off. Yeah, unbelievable. And if a woman gets raped, she has to have nine men you know, four, that four say witnesses. that she, that she yeah, yeah, for witnesses. Unbelievable. Four, four witnesses. Now, you know, not often that somebody who's going to rape a woman invites an audience. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the last one here I'm going to mention, I think think it has to do with finding four-leaf clovers. I'm not sure. $15 million to Ireland. Yeah, and that's just because. <laughs> just because. Just because. When I, when I was reading deep into this, it was like, to promote discussion between the, the two factions that just don't seem to like each other, but there's no benefit to the United States. It's just because because we like Ireland. We're just gonna we're just gonna give them fifteen million dollars to get them to sit down and have lunch and talk to each other. You know, we've got enough problems here at home, and this is why I circle back to Uvalde and and issues like Uvalde. Part of the criticism that's coming 
and it's legitimate criticism, but it should it should be tempered with a with a realistic view. Is that we when you train as a first responder, you train every day. You, you, you do. I would go on shift, and that was what you did during the day. Was you trained? If you weren't mm-hmm. responding to calls, you were training. And imagine how much more coordinated and much more seamless the response to Uvalde would have been if we took the $22.7 billion for colleges, the $15 billion for the entertainment industry, the $15 million to Ireland, the $10 million to, to Pakistan, and all of the other things we talked about that are, that are wrongly subsidized by our governments at every level, and we put it into actually creating the coordinated training that we need to respond potently and, and lethally, if, if we have to, to situations like Uvalde. Imagine how much quicker and better our, our responses would be if training was all the time. That is public safety. That's what government's supposed to do. That's their only purpose, is to make sure that you are safe in society and that when you leave your house, your house and your private property is secure. Mm-hmm. That's what government is for. It's not for, well, let's see, we have to be benevolent with your money because, well, we believe yeah. it's the right thing to do. And it's not for defunding the police, all right, as we no. take our final break. Hey, when we come back, we'll touch on it takes a trigger finger to slaughter a village. Not much time on the other side, but uh, always keep up with Frank Savato. okay? Go to undergroundusa.com. Undergroundusa.com. Be right back. Hey, this is Judson Carroll with Southern Appalachian Herbs Podcast. One thing Frank always reminds me to mention is that my books and my podcasts are not limited to my region of the Southern Appalachian Mountains. I'm a master herbalist with a working knowledge of hundreds of herbs that are available all around you no matter where you live and keep your family in optimal health. I'm now offering a free newsletter through Substack. Please find me on Substack at Judson Carroll Master Herbalist or JudsonCarroll.com and I look forward to communicating with you in the future. Thanks. Everybody's talking at me CRN Chuck Wilder with Frank Savato discussing Uvalde. Limited government is essential for the common good. And so, uh, like you say, it is clear that uh, Ramos was a troubled individual, and you look at his background, and it proves uh, this without a doubt, right? Oh, all you, it always comes out after the fact. Yeah. What If we, if we would have had... Um, if only. And I, I use, yeah, if only. If uh, I, I'm dating myself again, but if if we existed in the era before cell phones, where everybody walked around looking down instead of conversing and, and interacting with people one on one in real time, people could have seen that maybe something wasn't right with Salvador Ramos. Maybe maybe there's an issue here that needs to be addressed. And in days, in times past, there would have been private organizations to be able to approach about this. But today we don't do that. 
you know, not only do do the powers that be avoid the issue of mental health at all cost, they they tend to endorse and sanction the 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 extreme in our society saying you can't judge okay you shouldn't be concerned because that just may be the way that person wants to identify he has a right to be that way you you shouldn't probe and judge and be concerned because that's that's like being a bigot you know so they they sanction this inane perspective that biological male males can identify as as pregnant and uh, and pedestrian yeah. uh, th- there can be a pedestrian embrace of 22 different sexual orientations th- these are extreme ideological visions that the far left has dragged into the mainstream as a new normal it allows them to create victims out of the extreme but it also loses the salvador ramos's in that mix to where when you are not looking with a critical eye at society and you're saying the 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 color spectrum has to be infinite and we have to accept everything in that infinite spectrum you're not going to find the salvador ramos's right you're you're not going to be able to see them you know, and so sometimes when, when, Frank, when we uh, don't when we don't embrace em, embrace the idea that we've got uh-huh. to do something about mental health, this is what you get. And you know, even now, sometimes you've got people that are already doing the lesser crime that are not being locked up, or they're getting out, you know, hours after they were arrested. You know, and it shows you that you know the rioting and the stuff like that, and carrying the guns and shooting and all this. And, you know, and they're getting out scot-free almost instead of, you know, being analyzed or locked up for a while. And I don't know if Salvador Ramos ever got into that category, you know. I don't know if he had a criminal history or not. I guess they're looking into that. Was he ever arrested? Did he get out? Was he ever had to go to any classes? You know what I'm saying? Well, this is this is what happens when politics and ideology reign over and encroach upon what government is supposed to be. It's supposed to be about public safety. Hey, I appreciate it, sir, and uh, look forward to our next visit, which might be next Monday, because Frank's becoming a regular on Monday, and today he got to do a Tuesday, and he was even better. (laughs) So there you go. Thank you, Mr. Wilder. We'll talk to you next Thank you, Mr. Sabato. UndergroundUSA.com. Thank you, Swade. Thank you for listening. A lot of thank yous, and uh, God bless the United States of America. Please like the episode on the platform you're listening to us on, leave a comment if it lets you, and share us with your friends and family. Our influence grows when you share our podcast. And don't forget to sign up for our Substack which comes directly to you, subverting the interference of the Internet gatekeepers and social media censors. This is going to be increasingly important moving forward, given the world trajectory. You're listening to Underground USA. My name is Frank Salvato. We'll be right back after this.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.